0: On episode 293 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn the 10 best tips from the show that help my game. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the show. It's always a pleasure having you listening to it. And today I have a show for you that is inspired from a listener email, actually from Tim. So a big shout out to you. And this is about the 10 best tips from the podcast that has helped me. And um, obviously, uh, a huge task to uh, try to think of all the different amazing pieces of advice from the guests. But I did come up with a list of 10 for you and also a bonus because I always like to over deliver, but I'm sure that you all probably have your favorite one, two, or 10 tips from the show and feel free to let me know what they are. You can always email me at mirabon at tennisfiles.com. That's M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com. But the first tip uh, that has helped me a lot is to cause chaos and confusion by using different doubles formations. This comes from Louis Cayet from episode 140 of the show. And by the way, we'll have the links to all the episodes that I referenced today. But uh, I used to play doubles in a very passive manner. I really didn't know how to play doubles until I entered college, probably because I barely played any doubles at all in juniors. It was pretty much all singles, except for the odd tournament here or there, which I, again, didn't know what I was doing. But uh, I gradually learned... How to play, and and through interviewing all of the coaches that I've had on the show and my summits, uh, which uh, the is coming up pretty soon, actually, I found out about um, you know the the huge utility of poaching of using um, the eye formation, which is incredible and um very versatile, and the Aussie formation, especially to set up forehands for the server, and these formations even more than uh, sending you up to pick off shots also just makes the returning team very uncomfortable because, you know, if you just keep the same standard, one up uh, at the net and one serving uh, at the same spot and you don't move or change it up, then of course the returner is going to be much more comfortable at returning, you know, the ball into the court without much worry about the serving team taking advantage. But when you use these different formations that I mentioned, that's when you can get a lot of errors produced because all of a sudden now the returner doesn't know whether the net player is going to go, uh, is going to cross, poach that is, or stay. And then all of a sudden, you you know, the returner feels the pressure to maybe hit down the line sometimes, which is not easy, especially if the server is um, able to place the ball pretty well. And yeah, it just uh, is a great way to Change the tide of a match. So, I definitely encourage you to think of these different formations when you're playing doubles and, you know, maybe you're struggling uh, either that or maybe you're winning uh, hugely. Uh, I almost said bigly there, <laughs> uh, hugely, and um, you want to try out some different formations so that you can execute them and deploy them better in future matches. Tip number two that helped me so much in, with my tennis game is the racket drop timing. Uh, where you need to time that with the push-off of the legs. And that's actually something I'm still working on. And this tip comes from Rick Macy, uh, episode 143 of the show. And the basic principle is that a lot of players, they're dropping their racket you know, way um before they're pushing off with their legs. And this causes an incongruency, if that's the right word. And what you need to do is, is first of all, for, off, um, you know, take a video of your serve and then see is the racket drop um, coinciding with the pushing off of your legs, uh, you know, from the ground going upwards. And if that's not happening, then you definitely uh, need to work on your biomechanics and you just lose a lot of MPHs on your serve when you don't uh, have this racket drop timing down pat. So if you watch all the great servers, you know, go on YouTube and uh, click the settings button and and put it on, um, you know, 0.25 speed or 0.50 speed, you'll see that, you know, when the racket drops from the trophy position, that happens at the same time as the legs pushing off the ground. I just repeated that a few times to reiterate um, the image there. But yeah, that's a, a really insightful tip that prior to talking to Rick Mace, I didn't really think about. Tip number three is to pick big targets when being aggressive. And this one is from my interview with Brad Gilbert, uh, who's, uh, I, I believe reached top four in the world as well as coached uh, some amazing players like Andre Agassi. Uh, everybody probably remembers that, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot of players when they go aggressive, they also make it even harder on themselves by going, you know, for the lines, um, uh, when when a lot of times, especially when it's like a crunch time point, you know, why not just go for a big target? I mean, even the middle of the, you know, at least the middle of the court, not any of the corners when you want to hit big. And this just provides you with more room for error, a higher margin for error. And then at the same time, you know, then when you pressure your opponent through a higher percentage shot, then you can yield short balls and things like that, and then have an easier next shot. So definitely highly encourage you to, to pick big targets when you're being aggressive. Uh, same thing on the return too. Uh, that's It's such a great play, you know, just h- hitting the return hard at the middle. Um, obviously the middle of the net is the lowest, so um, that would work out really well with that, that sort of tactic or principle. Tip number four is to practice your serve and returns more because it's you know those are the two most important shots in the game by far. Um, you know everybody. Well, I mean, some of you have heard about Craig O'Shaughnessy from so episode 198, and he's been on the summit a couple times, and he's talked about the you know the first four shots where first off, seventy um, percent of rallies end in errors, where thirty percent only uh, only thirty percent end in winners, and then by the same token, approximately. of all points end in one, two, three, or four shots. So the norm is for players to go out there um, on the practice court and then just try and maintain these super long rallies. And then maybe at the end of of the practice, they'll hit like 10 minutes of serves or something like that. And then they won't even return the serve. Whereas you want to be practicing your serve uh, and your return because those make up you know the the highest percentage of of points uh, of of rally lengths and then followed by the serve plus one. So you know if you're serving, you you hit the serve, um, the return returns the ball, and then that serve plus one is that next shot of for you. And the return plus one uh, is obviously the returner's second shot. So, yeah, I mean, I think that you definitely want to prioritize your practices. And make them as efficient as possible. I mean, you know, sure, a lot of you just, I guess, have uh, a ton of enjoyment from just rallying and whatnot. But uh, when you really think about where am I putting, you know, what is going to give me the biggest return on investment in terms of um, match success, that's going to be your servant returns. And then also, you know, the two shots afterwards. So thanks to Craig for that great insight. Tip number five is to focus on your footwork. Uh, This comes from Michael Russell, who's a great player on the tour, and now he's doing a great job coaching on tour as well. I believe Taylor Fritz, that should be right. But uh, he is, uh, well, still is actually, if you look at him, but he was one of the most fit players on tour. But, you know, he made a point that, uh, and something that I've talked about as well, is focusing on your footwork because You do see a lot of players like when they miss a shot, like they take a shadow swing and they think it's like has something to do with the technique of their swing. Um, And, you know, of course, sometimes it does, but a lot of times it's you're just not in position. So when I am uh, producing a lot of errors, I actually tell myself to focus on my footwork, getting my feet set, because it's only when you're at, you know, you have a staple base and you're able to, you know, plant your feet and, and um, you know, use uh, your kinetic chain from the ground up, uh, properly and efficiently that you're able to hit a solid shot. So definitely, the intensity of your footwork definitely correlates to your success in terms of um, you know, shot success. And um, yeah, when I get nervous as well, you know, in matches, I also again try to um, intensify my footwork. That really helps a lot. Tip number six is prioritizing technique over winning. In the short term, from uh, legendary Nick Bolletieri, rest in peace as well. He passed away, uh, you know, somewhat recently. And so, you know, here I think to my own game, uh, where you know, as a junior, I I didn't think too much about technique. I was just trying to rack the winds up and just being as consistent as possible. But then I developed some uh, suboptimal habits, you know, where later on in life you have to try to fix, you know, certain. Um, serve deficiencies, you know, backhand could be a little smoother and whatnot. So, yeah, uh, but if you, especially, I guess, if you have kids, um, juniors that you're working with, um, or even yourself, you know, like you're an adult and, you know, you know that changing a particular area of your serve technique in the short term, you know, you might hit some more double faults, you might lose, or maybe you just want to take off of competition, which you enjoy, but in the long term, you're going to develop uh, a huge potent wep- weapon uh, and solve your problems on the court, or at least a big problem that you have, perhaps, um, or augment your weaponry and your toolkit. So then you do want to just take the short term loss for a long term gain. So that's a really good one from um, Coach Terry there. Number seven is to record yourself while playing on video. I did mention this, I think, in the beginning uh, about the tip number two, but uh, it's really important. And I was talking with a couple players at my Friday Young Professionals like tennis social event, and uh, I think one of them mentioned that they hate, uh, this person hates recording themselves and watching themselves play. And I, I totally get it, but it's really important because you're going to find a lot of flaws, uh, maybe you won't if you're super good, but you know you'll find a lot of you know technical or strategic mistakes that you're making. maybe your footwork isn't as fast at it as it you think it is, um, which is <laughs> something that I found out but you know it's really important to 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 watch yourself play. I mean, you know either you need to have like coaches who are very attentive and watching you all the time or Record yourself. You know, all you need is just your cell phone and and a tripod of some sort, or you know, some sort of clamping device on the fence, or a QM one mount or a tennis mount, things of that nature. And yeah, you just set it up, hit the record button there, and and you're off. And then you can find out um, what you can improve upon. I found so many things in my game um, from recording. And uh, this tip, I remember vividly. Uh, Ian Westerman uh, from Essential Tennis, uh, episode 61 of the show. So this was more than 230 episodes ago, 232 episodes ago, actually, that uh, Ian went on uh, pretty much a rant (laughs) about why tennis players need to video themselves while playing. So points still will hold forever until we get automatic video at every court, which I don't know when that's going to be, but we'll see. But yeah, definitely, definitely do that. And also on my YouTube channel, I do have a video about um, you know, the best equipment to use for that and different, I guess, levels of investment and whatnot. But I mentioned the most cost effective and easiest one to do. So just do one of those. And then tip number eight is to focus on the contact point uh, by Coach Vesaponka, episode two hundred and sixteen of the podcast. Uh, He works at the Junior Tennis Champions Center, and I remember taking a lesson from him a long time ago when I was like sixteen and feeling (laughs) like I was gonna faint. But it was like an amazing lesson, and uh, he prioritized just intensity and whatnot. And but one of the things that he mentioned during our interview on episode two hundred sixteen was to focus on the contact point, and it really is a hugely important tip and helps instantaneously. Um, because if you think about it, ideally what you want to do is try to hit the ball around, you know, your ideal contact point as much as possible. So you want to consistently use your footwork, which is, uh, you know, again, uh, tip number five to get yourself in the position where you're hitting the ball. That's ideal to your, your grip and swing path, you know, so, uh, You know those with western grip my like their contact point uh, an ideal one would be a bit higher than those who hit with semi western and same goes for then those who hit eastern or within eastern grip so yeah i just that alone you know like it helped my backend a lot One, I think a week ago like I was making quite a few errors on my back end for whatever reason, and then I thought about vessa's tip about the contact point and that alone just like fixed actually quite a bit of my technical supposed technical issues that I was having. So really enjoy that tip. It helps so much and it helps activate your footwork too. When you, when you're trying to get a consistent contact point, you automatically just start moving. So it's, it's a great one. Uh, kills a few birds with one stone, although I would never kill a bird. Um, anyways, uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, number nine, tip number nine is to develop a game plan and use your visualization. Excuse me, visualization. Uh, This was from James Blake, former world number four. It's the second world number four I've had besides Brad Gilbert uh, just on the show here mentioned. Uh, This was from episode 96. So almost, was it 197 episodes ago? And he talked about the importance of developing a game plan and super important. I mean, when you go into a match, at the very least, if you don't know your opponent, you're not able to watch them before your match, or you don't you know, you haven't seen them on any sort of video, they haven't been taped before, then you wanna go in thinking about your strengths and your weaknesses and the game plan, how you wanna set up points, point patterns so that you can have the most success. And so James would uh, developed this game plan before every single match. And in addition to that, he would also visualize the points and how they would play out. That helped him be very successful and I highly encourage you to try and do the same. Uh, visualization has certainly proven to, um, has been proven to work. I think I've, yeah, there's been like, I forget who it was, somebody who like got injured and then they just kind of visualize themselves hitting free throws and then, you know they were still. You know when they came back, they were, they were shooting like amazing. You know amazing free throw percentage, so something like that. But um, I mean, the point of it is, you know, develop your game plan, also visualize how it happens, and then you're going to reinforce what you need to do to be successful, uh, assuming that your game plan is sound. Uh, so thanks to James Blake for that. And tip number ten is to use an in between point routine to reset after each point and refocus. This is by, uh, from Jeff Greenwald, episode 46. <clears throat> that was a while ago. But I've had Jeff on several times since then and on my summits as well. Always uh, a very insightful guest in the mental game space. And yeah, he talked about an in-between point, uh, in point routine where um, you would uh, slap your thigh and then uh, feel your feet on the ground, play with your strings and give a uh, tell yourself uh, a positive mantra and what this serves to do is to refocus yourself so that you're not thinking about the past horac apstein talked about this as well you know you don't want to be thinking about the past or the future when you're playing a tennis match you want to think about um you know the present so um that's really important to you know have these routines routines help so much in many regards you know whether that's you know, before a match, during a match, after a match, I'm um, just in everyday life. So definitely develop an in-between point routine to help you stay um, focused and refocus, you know, during matches. And that's going to really help you because as we all know, the mental game is vastly underrated and extremely important. Uh, and then tip number 11, because I do want to, again, give you a bonus tip. And also I did want to put a fitness tip in here as well is to use a dynamic warm-up routine before your matches so Dr. Mark Kovacs episode 33 we talked about um all things fitness uh mainly strength and conditioning but uh what he has said and and you know many other coaches have said is that the dynamic warm-up routine is incredibly important it only takes you you know maybe 10-15 minutes to do a, a you know an effective one, but it's going to prime your muscles to perform well. Obviously, you know it's going to warm your body up, so it'll reduce the chance of you getting injured, which is uh, arguably the biggest bonus. But um, it's something that you know a lot of players don't do, and I used to not do myself. And every once in a while, I catch myself as well not doing a full one. I pretty much always at least do one. Uh, of a few minutes if I'm running like really late or something like that, but I try not to, to do that. And so, you know, think simple things like a bit of jump rope, some footwork patterns, some lunges, some leg swings, things like that, arm circles and such, uh, using the band, all, those are all options. So, and I also have a, a dynamic warmup routine on my YouTube channel as well. So tennisfalls.com slash YouTube and just um search for, you know, dynamic warmup. But that is an extremely powerful one that has really made a big difference for me as well. So those are the 10 best tips from the podcast that helped my tennis game and continue to help my tennis game um, that I was able to unearth from <laughs> you know, all of these episodes. I definitely look through a ton of my notes and, and things so to, to uh, formulate this list. But again, let me know what you think what your favorite tip is here. I'll just run through them really quick. Number one, cause chaos by using different doubles formations. Number two, racket drop timing with the push of the legs. Uh, Number three, for the serve. Uh, Number three, uh, pick big targets when being aggressive. Number four, practice your serve and returns more. Number five, focus on your footwork. Number six, prioritize technique over winning in the short term. Number seven, record yourself playing on video. Number eight, focus on the contact point. Number nine, develop a game plan with a visualization as well. Number 10, use an in-between point routine to reset after each point. And the bonus tip, number 11, is use a dynamic warm-up routine before you play, uh, practice, or play matches. As I was looking over the list that I read, I would also just say, you know, number six, prioritizing technique. I mean, if you don't care about going to a higher level, say NTRP level, then... Or even, you know, there's up to a certain level, you don't have to change your technique. So maybe from a 3-5 to a 4 even a four-zero to a 4-5, perhaps. You know, if you don't want to invest the time, then you can focus on strategy and that'll give you kind of more immediate success. But again, long-term, um, maximizing your tennis potential, you do want to keep that tip in mind to prioritize technique over winning in the short term. Fitting that we'd end with Coach Bolletieri's tip there. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. I would appreciate it if you would leave a review for the show. Um, and you can do that by going to com slash Apple Podcasts with an S at the end. And that would help the show the most if you leave it on that platform just because it's the biggest driver of the show. But, of course, uh, any review on any platform or is very much appreciated. I also want to leave you with a quote, as I do after the end of every show. and. This one is by Dr. Seuss, (laughs) and Dr. Seuss said, you have brain in your head, or a brain in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. Of course, it would be a rhyme with Dr. Seuss, but I like that one, and I like that you listened to the show today and want to improve your game. So with that, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is your host, Maribon Aranchad. Signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.